Welcome to Raised On It. This is episode number three. Uh, last weekend, we were blessed with a new album from Chris Lane, new music from Eric Church. Woo-hoo. And exactly, it's a good time uh, for Eric Church and Chris Lane to be releasing new music. Um, a couple weeks ago, we went to a Tim and Faith concert, and uh, that was great and all. Um, was it? It was. Like, leading up to it, we knew we were going to be disappointed. Um, and I think, I mean, we said that, like, tongue-in-cheek, but I think we did somewhat leave disappointed. I know I did. Yeah. Um, song choice being the major disappointment for Tim. The first, like, 20 minutes was absolutely perfect. They could have done that. Their banter back and forth was great. Obviously, they can sing. Good chemistry. But why did he sing Shotgun Rider and not Red Ragtop? I mean, angry all the time, that one. It's been two weeks and I'm still quite not over it. Yeah. No, it was... um, Even Faith had a stretch of two or three songs that was kind of like... You know why is this on the set list? But yeah, Tim especially. I mean, I mean, I was waiting for where the Green Grass Girls. I thought that was oh, how they were going to end. And they right? didn't. So and it was a slow song. Yeah. Anywho, though, I mean, that was a bit of a bummer. But on Friday, we knew Eric Church. Yes, uh, Desperate Man, and then I think the new album comes out um, this fall, October sometime. He released a, a video for the song, which is awesome. Typical Eric Church, kind of just bucking the system. Uh, check out the, I think it's on his Twitter is where I found it. So go check it out. Uh, you kind of just think it's going one way, but it actually goes completely different way. I, I, I enjoyed it. I'm a, I'm part of the church choir. So yeah, I think it was, the video was on Amazon music, I believe. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going to somewhat disagree. I know we talked about this. I, it's, it's going to have to grow on me. It's not one of those where I heard it and I'm like, you know what, this is going to be on repeat. Like forever and right. ever. It's not a jamming song necessarily, but it's pretty rock and roll, I think. That's yeah, solid. Yeah. It's solid. I'll be looking forward to his next single, put it that way. The album, yeah. Anywho. Um, but other news, Chris Lane, new album as well. What do you think about it? Fourteen fresh songs. That's that's all a, fire. I love it. That's the point I wanted to make is there's literally fourteen songs. And nowadays we're I mean, yeah, some artists are starting out with you know, releasing a four or five song EP, which I get like you're starting out, but even some, even some more of the established artists, like they're barely scratching to get 10 mm-hmm. and here it's like, Oh, he gave us 14, like phenomenal songs. Right. And it's been two years since his first album. And I, I liked his first album. It was fun. It was kind of more poppy, I would say than this one. But, um, yeah, I, uh, I have it on repeat in my car. I'm listening to it all the time. Um, I think before I even like, read any articles about it or whatever. He reminds me of like Kenny Chesney. And I don't know if it's like the whole coastal vibe, but mm-hmm. he just seems laid back. It seems uh, more, I guess, soulful maybe. It's just, it's it's a fun album. Yeah. No, I was trying to think of a, like who he reminds me of. And I, I think, yeah, you get Kenny Chesney and like the album covers, him mm-hmm. posing on the beach. For me, I think he's more, he's, he's like a, hmm. That's the best way of saying it. Like a Kenny Chesney, Thomas Rhett yeah. combo kind of. Yeah. Um, Cause he's got that, he's got that pop country sound to him, but you're definitely right. I think this album was a little bit more country than his first one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I just, I just liked how it just seemed like he took it up a notch. Like the lyrics like seemed to be more creative and it meant more. And mm-hmm. like, it just seemed, 
it, it was really some of his best work. Yeah, he's got some like really deep, meaningful ones, and he's got some fun ones like new phone, who this? Like that's my favorite. Well, <laughs> not is. my favorite, but it's great. Yeah. It's just it's fun. No. Um so what are your favorites on the album? Um so so some like obviously he released um like had been on some new music Fridays for a couple of weeks now. So Fishin is a fun one. Fishin's I could just list them off. Fishin, um I don't know about you. All the right problems, old flame, and then the one with Daniel Bradbury is good too. But I, I love Hero. Like it ends with Hero, and it's such, like the fact that the last verse you hear on I the whole album. No, not at all. No, when I, when he he released that the week prior to the album right. release, right? And like when I heard like the sound of it first, I'm like, oh, like it's just basically him with like minimal background music to it. Like the first verse is about like a girl at a bar and whatever. And I'm like, okay, this is kind of where it's going. And also like the second verse is like, dang. Yeah. And like the third verse is like, I was on the flow. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. I, mean, I don't want to ruin it for it for anyone that's listening, but definitely go check out. That's, I feel like that's like, it, I don't know if it's, he even said it too. I don't know if it's going to be a single for him. Yeah. Um, but it's something he felt strongly that he needed to cut. Yeah. And, yeah. And that's the thing too is like and I'd be I would love to ask him like how, how did that make the album at the end or was that something that he always wanted to include, you know, mm-hmm. was that one that just kind of snuck? I don't know. Um but that was phenomenal. The Daniel Bradbury song, I wish she would she would have had stronger vocals. Right. Not saying she I want to make that clear. She's like she's a phenomenal singer. I just wish that she would have been featured more. Right. Had more of a role. Yeah, but, I agree. Um, but of course, I mean, um, the huge hit for him is Take Back Home Girl with Tori. Like, he's still promoting it. that. Like, they were just on Good that's Morning true. America. So I think that's kind of catapulting him into... I mean, he's kind of tight with all genres. I feel like he can really flip back and forth. But yeah, this is this is a good one. I don't know what I was expecting, but I wasn't expecting it to be as good as I like. Yeah, I think his first album was good, and there's a lot of solid songs on there and as he was releasing like all these teaser songs like all albums coming soon here's a single for you here's a single for you i mean i think he released what was it five prior to the album five or six could be and they were so good and i'm like oh. I, was, I was worried that that was going to be like the album like all oh, the yeah. rest are going to be kind of yeah but it's not like dan and Tree. anywho <laughs> Um, well, Sorry. we'll talk about that off air. Um, but yeah, one of my, you mentioned all my favorites, the new phone, who this, like <laughs> you, you see that track list and you're like, no, but he's, he's a type of guy that can do that though. Yeah. And I, he just, that, you just, I should off. not have been surprised to see something like that. And yeah, it was good. I feel like, um, maybe this is a segue, but like him and Michael Ray, I feel like they started <laughs> off like maybe on the same path and it's going to be interesting to see like how their careers go. Are they going to kind of be at the same place? Is one really going to hmm, catapult out? But I kind of have them in the same regard. I th- That is a f- good question. I, I would give the edge, I would give the edge to, well, I would give the edge to Michael Ray for two things. The second one we'll talk about. Yes. That's shortly. what I was going to say. But the first, I, I, I just think Michael Ray has a more, uh, deeper kind of country traditional sound to him, even though his, his music and the, like how the, how his songs sound aren't like a 1980s country, but his voice yeah. is very country. True. It's very country, even though he doesn't necessarily look the part of like a... He I looks just fine. Yes. <laughs> okay. 
So <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that now, I guess. Okay. Like, what else could catapult Michael Ray is maybe having like an all-star like country power couple. Yeah. But I think he would equally catapult someone else though too. Yeah. But I think, yeah, true. I think he's been around longer, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I would put it there. But I think maybe her star's shooting a little faster at the moment. Faster. Okay. That's that's fair. I think she got a quicker start than him, in a sense. Mm, yeah, I could see, Yeah. I mean, number one song right off the bat. Yeah. I think he did too, though. When Reba he? put something on her Instagram and says, wow, this song is a hit, I mean, I think that's you know true. he made it. Should we just keep talking in generalizations yeah. and not even mentioning who it is? People should know. If you don't know, shame on you. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I didn't, when did you notice this? I've noticed it for like, a, I want to say a few weeks, but like every once in a while in her post, it'd be like, oh, Michael Ray, and it'd be like a smiley face or, you know, like, hmm, interesting, whatever, like nothing weird. And then <laughs> I'm like, this is weird. Something's going on. I know. Like, I mean, as you're, as you're scrolling through pictures on Instagram, like you see other artists that like it even. And even like a few months ago, I'm like, I'm like, oh, like they must be like really good friends because they're literally liking every, yeah. every picture. And then like, yeah, maybe two weeks ago it was like mm, here and there. More obvious. But this last week was just. They're piling it on. been off the charts. <laughs> on their stories. Wild. Yeah. It was on their stories too. Oh, uh, last night. Yeah. Well, she uh, was videotaping him on like Jimmy Kimmel. Kimmel. Yeah. Do you want to introduce her? The one, the only, hide the wine, Carly Pierce. Yes. So yeah, no, that was like when you're seeing that, I'm just like, okay, that makes sense. I'd always wondered if she was single or not, not for like selfish reasons. Aaron drives to Nashville. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, but and it was just it was just one of those things where I, I, I thought like, are, are they just having fun with us? Like, did they cook this up? But do you? Th- I don't know. They still might be. I don't think so. It's almost too obvious. I think if anything that they were doing this to get enjoyment out of it for themselves, like, I, well, then I need some concrete proof because it's driving me bonkers. It's, it's coming soon. It's okay. coming soon. I heard an interview. She's she's she like basically acknowledged it without saying it word for word. <sighs> so it's coming. I don't know. For I mean, I had fun with it because I was watching all week, <laughs> and then Aaron's Car- Insta famous. I'm insta famous. I'm BFFs with Michael Ray and Carly Pierce now. Nah, like she posted a picture, nice picture, that I'm just <laughs> like, I'm like, I'll oh, just insert Michael Ray fire emoji, heart eyes emoji comment, and he comes back and is geeking out. He's like, I agree with you, and then he said something, and she said something, and they continued the flirting, and I was just a regular third wheel. After that. Yeah, <laughs> you know what? That's what it takes. I would love to be a third wheel, just hang out with him. But anywho. True. Um, but no, I think dynamite I, duet would be yeah, great. They, that would be, that'll be interesting. People are like rushing to say like, oh, they're the next Tim and Faith and like, just pump the brakes a bit. No, but they could surpass Blake and Miranda. So yeah. So anyways, I mean, that's, that's this week's gossip. Column. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I'm not one for gossip at all, but, but, uh, what's going on in the country world and romance? Right. People want to know. Exactly. We're here for you. So yeah, well, I mean, that's. The big news that not many people know of right now, but I'm sure they will know shortly. You heard it here first. You heard it here first. Now we're going to transition to kind of our focus for this episode is going to be on groups. And we define groups as three or more because there are so many great 
duets, and that would just lump this. It would make it impossible. Right. It was pretty impossible to. You think about all the great musical groups that happen in country music. Yeah, we didn't go back too far either. I would speak for yourself, but yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, right. I mean, we could have gone back further, but we're kind of sticking in our wheelhouse, our generation, what we listen to growing up and currently. So it's not like we're listening the Oak Ridge Boys. Sorry, okay. mom. Yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't have that on here either. But who's so we kind of we kind of list we're gonna list our five favorite groups. Yeah. And I don't have an order, but you have an order, so I do. And so my my number one is probably your number one, but I, I don't know if you know this, mm-hmm. but their debut album, you had the C D and I would steal it and I used what the it. Heck? Yeah. I don't think I have it back. Um no, you should. I don't know. Uh, this is starting to make some sense now. Um, I'll have to check. But anyways. I, I have their, I have all their other ones. Yeah. So like growing up, Aaron and I, you know, one of us got one. It's not like we'd both get the same CD or whatever. So Rascal Flatts, shout out. Their first album, I still know every word to every song on that. It's just, it's so fun. And obviously everything they've done afterwards, I think has been gold. And I really wished they would get some more recognition at these award shows because they are still touring. They are still putting out hit songs. And I think they still deserve the recognition. I agree. Um, just piggybacking off of the the recognition thing. One of the other groups that we'll probably mention is more so of a footnote. Um, like Little Big Town, they've been just racking up the awards lately, which, you know, they've been killing it. But at the same time, it's like, it's kind of the same thing with like, why does Miranda win eight, nine awards in a row? Oh, I could talk a whole podcast on that. Well, maybe that'll be the next one. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's, it's like, you know, why? I mean, I, I, per, I like them. I think they deserve to win, but when it's literally every year, every award show, I'm like, okay, but Rascal Flatts had a great yeah. new album. Like yeah. they're touring like crazy. I've never seen either in concert, but I would be willing to bet that Rascal Flatts concert is probably a better show than a little big time. I would yeah. I've seen them both at Country USA. I left the one for Little Big Town early. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. But just like I think Gary, lead vocalist, has some of the best vocals in the industry. Um, he can probably just sing circles around anyone. I mean, they're they've branched out into uh, you know, some pop more like, you know, genre. Don't forget the song they played with Justin Bieber. It's still a good song. That should be me. So, you know, their first album, I don't think they had a single number one hit on there, which just blows my mind. Right? Praying for Daylight? It's Everyday Love. I think there was a, there's a third one on there, I think. Mm. But then their first one, what was their first number one? These Days. Yeah. Yep. Um, did you know the background on how they kind of came to be? Well, I know that... Gary and Jay are like second cousins. Right. And I think Joe Don was just a, a friend. He was just a friend, yeah. Yeah. So, just a friend. <laughs> so Gary, the lead singer, and Jay are second cousins. Okay. Like you said. So at least what I was finding is Jay moved to Nashville and was part of a Christian group. Okay. Mm-hmm. And like your mind was blown that they didn't have a number one song on their first album. This is the most mind-blowing thing I think I've read in a while. It's just when you put it in this perspective, 
Jay convinced Gary to come to Nashville to sing backup vocals. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then like, he opened his mouth, and Jay's like, "Oh well, shoot!" I mean, there like, goes. <laughs> I mean, I, I know. <clears throat> excuse me. I know hindsight's twenty twenty, but like the thought of Gary singing backup vocals, like, no, what? I know everyone has to come from somewhere, but good no, he's lord, not no, yeah, and I, yeah, thank goodness that got switched. Yeah. And then, like, some more webs that kind of get weaved here is Jay met Joe Don because they were in the same, same, some sort of same band as Shelly Wright. Oh, sure. At the time. So that's how they met. And mm-hmm. um, I think the story goes um, Gary and Jay, like, they were performing somewhere and they needed someone to fill in. So. Um, Jay's like, oh, we'll have Joe Don fill in, and Gary's like, I don't think he can do it. Like they're gonna do like a, <laughs> it was like an all night thing, and probably like a bar or something like that for yeah. four or five hours. And he's like, I don't think he can do it, but he did, he and did. they've been together ever since. But I think like next year it's gonna be their twenty years they've been together. Wow, right? I know you don't think of it. Years? Oh, that makes sense. Early two thousands. Yeah. So what if you had to say like what your favorite song by them all time is? Or a few. It's hard. Mm. Uh, Praying for Daylight is still classic, I feel. That song never gets old. Um, Here Comes Goodbye is just a uh, really, yeah. oh, it, it gets me, and it's That's good. A good one. Um, it's, it's hard. I, I like all of them. Mm-hmm. What about you? Um, Mayberry. Yeah. It's just like yes. you, nostalgia, basically. Right. Like I, I heard that, like, growing up, and, like, you're growing up on the farm, and you like, yeah, all that good stuff, and then here, which oh. it was a number one song, but I feel like it's n- not that no well recognized in a sense. Like the radio doesn't play it as no. much. But mm. anyways, so yeah, those that was on my list too. Rascal Flats. I didn't have them ordered, but and before the episode, I, I told Emily that I think we're gonna have the same five. So yeah, so far we do one for one. Yes. All right, my number two. Lady Antebellum. All right, two for two. <laughs> um, you know, I can remember when they first came out. I remember watching their first music video for Love Don't Live Here, and it was kind of like, hmm, who are these new people? Okay, another trio, like whatever. And like, man, did they just fly? Like, obviously, Need You Now is their most recognizable song and was a good crossover song. It really did them well. But if you ever get a chance, just Listen to some of their albums. They have so many good songs that never have been released or made right. to the radio. And it, oh, especially just, that, that first one. Yeah. Like I've, uh, a couple weeks ago, I was like, I want a Lady Antebellum kick. But I went back to, I had the first album. Like there were so many songs and they were like, okay, they're legit. Yeah. Yeah. They just, they sound so good together and, and they work well. It's not like, um, I don't know, you know, like, you know, um, what's his name? Charles. You know, he sings, leads, or Hillary does, but you can still recognize who it is. Right. I think, like, the radio comes on, and, and oh, it's Lady A. Yeah. Yeah. And Dave's there strumming I along. I love Dave. But he makes he makes it good, too. That Those three, when they when they harmonize, that's the Lady A sound. Right. That's what it is. I think it was cool that they could, they took a break. You know, they kind of each did their own thing. Like, Hillary recorded a album oh, with her true. family. He did his thing. Yeah, his, the driver. Oh. Phenomenal. Yes. Oh. I mean, I, I would never wish this, but yeah, Charles and Hillary could 
Like yeah. they could go their separate ways. Like if they would stop being in group right now and they would They would still have their fans and 100%. still be yeah. She could win some female vocalist of the year and yeah. Piggybacking off of what you said for Need You Now, just gonna read some fun facts and you're gonna love the last one here. Good. Um it won four Grammys in two thousand eleven. It wasn't even just like top country song, it was like top song of the year, single wow. or whatever. That's but it had a lot of crossover. Yeah. Like they released it first as country, but then they decided to release like a pop version of it. Yeah. And it had a lot of airplay like overseas in Europe and it, it really took on a life of its own. Spent five weeks to number one. And at the time, I don't know if it's the same anymore, I doubt it. Um, at the time it surpassed Taylor Swift's love story as the most downloaded country song in history. Really? Yeah. Wow. So this is what, 2010, 11? So I'm sure things have, I mean, that was kind of at the start of the iTunes. Yeah, it's true. Interesting. I mean, I like the song. It's not Mm -hmm. my favorite. Right. But I can see where it had its niche. Mm -hmm. Um, Niece. (laughs) I had to say it. I was thinking it. (laughs) Um, So you know the story how they met too? Well, Dave and Charles were like childhood friends in a sense. And I think they went to Nashville together or something. And I don't really know how Hillary came into play, but Hillary, her mom was in the country music business, singer, songwriter. But no, please inform me. I mean, no, you you have it pretty much right there. Charles and Dave are like middle school classmates. saw. Um, Charles decided to up and go to Nashville, I'm guessing 20s or something like that. He was trying to make a career out of it, but he he needed someone to, you know, do it with him, whatever. So he called up his buddy Dave, who was working corporate in Atlanta at the at the moment. <laughs> some I don't know, nine to five job like the rest of us do. Yeah. And he convinced him to come there. Um and yeah, Hillary um basically came across Charles and Dave's like a video on YouTube or not YouTube, MySpace. Oh. I think. I'm pretty sure it was MySpace. MySpace or YouTube. And she saw a bunch of them. She was a fan. Didn't say anything like in the comments, but then she ran into them at a bar, introduced herself, said, oh, I'm a fan. And then they're like, oh, we should go play sometime. And then Charles like was like, well, if, yeah, what's the worst thing that comes out of it? I get a date out of it. Yeah. But they never they never no, dated or did no. anything. But yeah, it's just like those freak, freaky kind of You go to encounters. Nashville and anything can happen, it seems. Mm-hmm. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, favorite songs? I guess songs that they've released, American Honey and Our Kind of Love. Or... Those are good ones. Mm-hmm. I like uh, Hello World. Oh. I'm trying to recall how well it did as a single or not, but I think it's one of their best videos. Like, it's one of those goosebump music videos. I'll have to watch it again. Yeah. I think it's powerful. And yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but that is it. They're great folks to follow on social media, too. Yes. Very all entertaining. Mm-hmm. So. I agree. All right, numero tres, Alabama. Ah, three for three. Gotta have Alabama. They had 27 number ones in the 80s. Just in the 80s? Just in the 80s. They are the most awarded country band. They won over 200 awards between whatever award shows. Mind-blowing. They are dynamite. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, they did most of their damage in the 80s and early yeah most of the 90s too i guess yeah um but they're they're popular amongst our age group too. <laughs> yeah. i mean like you know they're just iconic songs like yeah um 
no, they're very influential. And I was reading some article and it said like the reason that they were so popular and influential and like kind of pushed country to this next level is that they appealed to everyone. Like they appealed to the young folks under 30 and the folks 50, 60. Like there's some quote and I don't have the person who said this. So my apologies. Uh-oh. Said they're just anonymous. Yeah. Maybe I'll take credit. Uh, <laughs> Like Alabama, they're just rebel enough for the young folks, but their parents also dig the boys like pretty harmonies, the sentimental yeah. soft spots, and then just the old family values that they had. You know, like you think of their music and you just think of a song and just think back like 30 years ago, that was considered almost not country. Yeah, that's true. You know, and now it's like that's pure country, but at the time it was a little more out there and that's mind blowing. Right. Now, if you hear it, it's like, all right, we need someone with a fiddle and a right. stump fiddle and exactly. banjo and all that. And, yeah. Yeah. But no, they're, yeah. And if we're talking favorite songs, like all of them. All of them. Like if, if we had to rank the top, I mean, I tried doing that for Tim and Faith, which was hard, but Alabama would be, Impossible. I'm not going to try that. No. Mm. Mountain music, mm-hmm. Song of the South. I'm in a hurry is always a good one when you're in a car. Makes sense. I've never had speeding tickets. Me neither. Ah, okay. Yeah. Um, one other one, too. It's kind of a cult pick. Um, Angels Among Us. Oh. This is a classic. Yes. Um, play it oftentimes around Christmas time, but it is... Anytime. Yeah. Um, yeah, Dixieland Delight. Mm-hmm. It's just... They're just great. They're classy. It's Fiddle in the band. When, yeah. When you think of country music, you think of George Strait. Reba, Alabama, like those are the folks that you're yeah, thinking of. So yeah. yeah, no, Alabama's definitely up there. All right, so we're three for three. I don't know if these last two. I'm confident in one of them for sure. Okay. Um, so we'll go with that one. Dixie Chicks. Ooh, I did not. No. I just missed the cut. Okay. Um I when I was kind of just yeah, let's listen to some Dixie Chicks. Um, they had an album and I, I forget, it was released later, 2007, but that one like went on to win Grammy Awards and some of their singles had Grammy Awards, but it's nothing that like, when you think Dixie Chicks, you don't even think of those songs. Like their first couple albums with uh, Goodbye Earl, There's Your Trouble, Ready to Run, uh, Cowboy Take Me Away. I mean, it was just hit after hit after hit and uh, it, iconic uh country groups for women, I think, like to have three girls on stage and just being crazy good and popular. I mean, I don't... Who else can you compare them to? That's the thing. I don't don't think there's been anyone before them or after them. I mean, there's another group that we'll touch on at the end where I think they could kind of bring some of that out, but you just don't see that anymore. Um, And and it might be be due to this kind of growing sentiment in Nashville where it's women female country artists aren't getting enough airplay or like record labels don't want to hire them or radio stations aren't playing them as much and things like that. So I don't, I don't know if there's that sort of factor where it's like, if you're going to only have, if you're going to have three, I don't know. It was, it it broke the mold for when they came in for sure. They were feisty. They had fun songs. Right. Um, I'm going to give a quick oral history on them because it's, it's it's super fascinating if, if you like if you read up on who they are as a band, how they started, 
what they went through and stuff. It's just like it, it's like made for TV. It's it's almost like a reality like a reality TV show or something you would put into like a an epic like ten season Netflix series. Mm. Like um, so, at the start, it was Addicted Chicks. There were four women at the start, including Emily and Marty. That's how you say her name, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, they won the best band at the Telluride Bluegrass Festival and began opening for Garth and Reba <laughs> and George Strait. Um, so they had that very bluegrassy sound to it, but then they start moving, moving a little bit more to the contemporary. Their lead singer at the time, um, she left because she didn't like the direction they were going in with it being more contemporary, whatever. Um, so she left, and at that time is when Natalie Maine's father, who was a guitar player, she he introduced Natalie to the group. They loved her. They kind of made her the lead singer and kicked the other person out. See ya. So you have that kind of stuff at the start, which is like, okay, that's... But isn't Natalie and the other girl like cousins or something? I'm there not is sure. a relation, I thought. Okay, I'll have to check that. Um, so anyways, they finally get their start. So this is, this is where the crazy five or six year window of like craziness starts. 98, they release Wide Open Spaces. Classic album. Yeah. Um, songs like You Were Mine, There's Your Trouble, obviously Wide Open Spaces. That album sold more CDs than all other country groups combined. Wow. Wild. Yeah. 1999, one year later, they released Fly, Ugh. probably their best album. Mm. Rights were on Cowboy Take Me Away, Goodbye Earl, Without You, If I Fall, You're Going Down With Me, yada, yada, yada. Two also years, a good song. <laughs> Brandon White, shout out <laughs> to Hank. That was good. Touche. Uh, so then two years later, they have like a record dispute with Sony. Huh. Um and they sued Sony. Sony sued them. There's like this whole thing. So like you kind of see like there's like some feistiness of them coming out again. Yes. Whatever. 2002, they release the album called Home. It was a little bit more bluegrassy, traditional. They did a lot of recording and stuff in Texas. Um, long time gone. Landslide was on there. So that's 2002. Right away at the start of 2003, January, they're over in um, London and that's where the lead singer Natalie went on to criticize President Bush. At the time, she received a ton of backlash, which I can only imagine what it would be oh. like. I don't even want to imagine. We won't go there. What I, at that time it was a different political climate. People too. went nuts on MySpace. Right. If you can imagine how <laughs> if you can imagine how wild they were back then, it would probably be just crazy right now. Right. Um, so yeah, received a ton of backlash. They didn't apologize for their statement. They just like owned it and just yeah. kept going with it. Um, so yeah, that's when the Dixie Chicks boycott ensued. And oh. like a crazy thing is, landslide went from being number ten to forty three wow. in a single week. It dropped that far. Yikes. Um So yeah, then it just it went downhill after that. I mean, they they feuded with Toby Keith. Natalie wore the F-U-T-K shirt. Toby was doing, like, you know, the Angry American mm-hmm. and all that, courtesy of Red, White, and Blue, like, all that. So, yeah, it was from 98, their debut album, to 2003. I mean, that's a five-year five window. Just and gone. just like that, it's gone. But then after that is when, like, 2007, they won a bunch of Grammys. So they did. Yeah. They rebounded, I think, within the music community, but the fans, I don't think, ever truly surrounded them or like got back into them. Yeah. I think they definitely, 
they f- they might have felt betrayed by other country artists. I know I was reading comments where they were saying that, um, you know, they felt that other country artists were taking advantage of them by doing all these patriotic songs and forced patriotism. And it's like, I don't know if that's a good, you know. If- Toby Keith songs came out like right after right. 9-11. Um, so, yeah, there was a lot of that. Um, they stopped. They just stopped having people come to shows. Like they, they couldn't even sell out in their home state of Texas. I did have a couple years ago, one of my coworkers, I saw them at Summerfest, I think. And, um, she made a comment how it was kind of disappointing because they played more of their newer stuff and they didn't play all the hits that we just listed. Wow. I mean, I could, I could kind of see it. They want to, I don't know. They're just, it's, it's a fascinating study. Yeah, it really is. Um, but yeah, I don't do, what's your favorite song of theirs? I mean, that's super hard to narrow. Um, there's your trouble is a fun one. Yeah. I do like Cowboy Take Me Away. Right. So good. I mean, Goodbye Earl's like got to be a top five karaoke song. So by default, that's got to be one true. of my lists. The music video is just right. ridiculously good. So yeah, they were just iconic for that, yeah. that time period. Hit after hit. Yeah. All right. My last one to round out my top five. Old Dominion. Oh, okay. That, I should have seen that coming. Yeah. Um, they've only had two albums, but again, if you have time, listen to all the songs on there. Um, you know, they kind of started off, you know, songwriting. They're really good songwriters. They're kind of known for that. They and still do a lot for other artists. That's true. That's true. But just every song they've released, I feel is a hit. And I think they're just skimming the surface. I mean, for goodness sakes, they're out with Thomas Rhett and Kenny Chesney on tour. And I think they have the real potential to just skyrocket. And really be, they just won a group of the year at the ACMs, which I was so happy for because they definitely are deserving. Um, They beat out Little Big Town, which is saying something. Um, I just, I think it's, it's nice to have new, different faces, good country music, I think. Um, Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan. Yeah, I think the thing that sticks out to me is that like the group is so invested in songwriting. That's kind of how they were formed is like this group of like really good songwriters um, just looking, you know, Brad wrote light it up. by Luke Bryan or a guy walks into a bar, Tyler, Farr. Yeah. Matt, the lead singer wrote say you do by Dirks and save it for a rainy day by Kenny. Yeah. And then Trevor is right. He just wrote, I hate love songs that Kelsey just released. Yeah. There's, there's so many that it's like, can you imagine if they would have take you save some of those for themselves? Right. I don't know. Yeah. I'm sure they have hundreds, but um, they're phenomenal. I like their latest release, Hotel Key, is probably oh, my favorite it's of fun. theirs. It's yeah, yeah. I, I like that one. Um, Be with me and Song for Another Time are probably my two faves. That's but a good one. They have some good solid ones on on their album, so go check it out. Um, those round out my top five. Okay, we threw through the same. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, Lone Star cracked my top five. Did they? They did. That's it's just peak '90s for me. Um, you know, it's like pun intended. It's the stuff I was raised on. Like it was always on the radio. Mm -hmm. I wasn't. We had the CDs. Um, they just they just made good music. Um, there was this uh from '99 to 2000. They they had five straight number one songs. Every song they released, it was. Amazed, then smile. What about now? Tell her I'm already there. And those are kind of your. Those are the five 
or uh, most, I mean, those are your, when you see those, those are the ones that you think of when you think of mm-hmm. Lone Star, but I think they're phenomenal. And like, if, if I love Rascal Flats and Alabama and stuff, but that might be one where it's like, if I had to listen to one group, really? they're interesting. Yeah. Do you know who was a member of Lone Star and left? That takes care of my one <laughs> trivia question at the end. <laughs> um, uh, what's his name? Uh, John Rich. John right? Rich. Yeah, I was shocked to hear that. I didn't. I didn't know that. He's yeah. just been in the industry forever. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, Lone Star. You know the the lead singer. I, I'm blanking on his name, but you know he left, and then they kind of lost it. But he's back. Like mm-hmm. they're still yeah. together. Uh, my favorite songs. What about now? Uh, and my front porch looking in. Ah, uh, yeah, that was a good one. Again, these are songs jamming in my car. That's right. where I find my best music. No. Peak nineties. Yeah. Um, so that was my fourth. My fifth, which probably will surprise you, is uh, Diamond Rio. Mm. I think when you look at, I mean, it's a nineties kind of nostalgia thing too. Is that when you when you look back at like all their songs and stuff that they had and the hits, it's just yes. Unbelievable. Oh, there you go. There we go. Go for it. Um, no, I just think um, they have so many songs that at, at that time and, you know, looking back on it, it's like, those are hits. Like, those are hits mm-hmm. in the 90s. And that comes on, and you're like, oh, I remember listening to that song. Um, let's see here. The thing, fun fact is each member, they play their own instruments rather than oftentimes, like, the studio will have their own band mm-hmm. and they bring the singers in, but... Um, they do their own stuff, so um, I respect that. That's good. But yeah, they have. I mean, their number ones. They got "Meet in the Middle," "Higher Love," "Makes Me Feel," "One More Day," "Beautiful Mess," "I Believe," um, and then you're just. I mean, some other ones too. Is Norma Jean Riley? Imagine yes. that. Believe, like, <laughs> these are just like <laughs> you Norma hear them and you're like, okay, I remember listening to that and jamming to that. Love so. a little stronger is yes. one of my faves. Yeah. yeah. No, definitely. I am a. Diamond Rio, good classic. They should all make a comeback. You know, they do, um, you know, tributes on these award shows like the CMAs and the ACMs. And I feel like some of these bands deserve some credit, you know, bring them back. Right. If I mean, you see sometimes with um, like 80s rock, they'll do like, uh, like they do current tours now where it's like, five six different acts from the 80s or like 90s hip-hop like they all go together i'm like if you would have a 90s country like where some of these uh just people that's they're they're just not touring as much now but they have plenty of hits i mean let's let's some other ones from the 90s here like shenandoah two dozen roses yeah next to you next to me classic when they talk about barbecue chicken and a TV guide. I mean, it's pretty darn country. Yeah. Um, Blackhawk is probably... Blackhawk, yeah. That's another one, too. I, uh, yeah. Every once in a while, there you have it. It's just... My goodbye says it all. Yeah. They're oh, good. They're good. Um, Sawyer Brown. Yes. Fun fact, they got their name from a phone book. Okay, good. I won't re- use that trivia question either. Okay. <laughs> um <laughs> So sorry. No, it's it's fine. No, we'll, no, it's it makes it good. Yeah, that's why we do it live. We're in there now live. Um, yeah, they were they were originally part of a pop singer group, Don King. Then mm-hmm. he retired in eighty one, and the guys just 
stuck together. Yeah. Um, they auditioned for Star Search in '83. They won. They the, won it. They won it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Reality like, TV show. Right. Like that was before American Idol and The Voice. Like yeah. I didn't even know that that was a thing. But um, yeah, like you said, that they were they were originally going to call themselves Savannah, but some other. I'll no name coming, band, yeah. which like I've never heard of Savannah, other <laughs> than the city. Um, but yeah, then they were just like flipping through a phone book, and came across Sawyer Brown, Brown Road. Road. Okay, Sawyer Brown. It works. It I works thought it for was country. someone's name. I saw. I, th- I thought it was like the lead singer or yeah. something for a while, but yeah, that's the most country thing ever. Yeah, we're just gonna flip through a phone book and find the most yeah back road. I like it. Looking thing could have been worse. All right. Um, we did forget to mention a pretty big one that I think deserves a little bit of our time. Um, skimming through here, we barely talked. We talked touch a little bit on Little Big Town. Yeah, when I was looking back, Little Big Town, um, I think it's like one of their first albums. You should take a look because, like, I'm not the biggest Little Big Town fan. I like their new one, Summer Fever. It's mm-hmm. pretty catchy, um, but their their old stuff, a little more you. Bring It On Home. I was listening oh, to him like, home, yeah. these are great songs. And I don't really know where it went wrong for me not enjoying them as much. I wish I did because I think they're good. Yeah, I, I love that. I mean, they've grown on me definitely in the last few years. I think they just, their their sound is so good. Their harmonies are insane. It is. Um, and it is more of a traditional sound and like blending four voices together is super hard, but they do it. Excuse me, pretty flawlessly. Um, but I mean, for like, I just have more respect for them when I was just looking up like their backstory. Mm. Is like they're so resilient. Yes. Like, it just. Well, yeah, Karen and um, what's her name? Kimberly. Kimberly. Karen and Kimberly. They've been friends for like 30 years, childhood best friends, right. which is goals. Yeah. And then, like, I didn't know that. Kimberly's first husband died. Died, yeah. And that Karen was married beforehand. Yeah. There was, so they were dropped from their first record deal before they even released a single or an album. It's mm-hmm. just like, okay. Then they get a second contract in 02, and they released a debut album with like some success. I think, you know, that was the first one you were talking about. Yeah. Then the record label folded. Yes. At that same time, Jim's dad died. Karen got divorced. Philip got divorced. And around the same time, too, Kimberly's husband, husband. passed away. Yeah. I think and he like, was a producer for them as well. Was it? And then they all they all had to like literally go get day jobs. Yeah. And it's like it which it makes me curious, like how many other artists are there where they just like, okay, it's not gonna happen. Yeah. That's the sign. Just give up. Right. But yeah, they've grown on me. Um, but like we've talked, like I, I think Rascal Flatts and Lady A deserve just as much, if not more, recognition and, and things like that. I agree. But I'm I'm curious who this other band is that I'm forgetting about. Zach Brown band? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, there's some others too, but I Zach Brown band, and just because in recent years maybe they haven't been as you know. I'm, out there, you know, he kind of went and did his thing, and which is awesome to go check. Sir it. Roosevelt, Sir Roosevelt, awesome baller, but um, super sick. Like they have thirteen number ones. They've won like three Grammys. Um, there was I was reading like a scandal when it came to the Chicken Fried song. You know, like their most iconic song. Yeah. Apparently, 
did they write it or they had it, but then um, I think they sold it to the Lost Trailers, also like a oh. band back then. And there was something going on where they agreed to sell it to them as long as they didn't use it, release it as a single or whatever. And then they came out and they were going to. And so Zach Brown decided to sue their record label, who apparently was this big honcho in Nashville. And he sued and won and got the rights to the song back. And then... Um, that poor band could have been famous right, right now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then um, some other record label head guy must have said, you know, I want to meet this Zach Brown who had the, the guts to stand up to. Yeah. yeah. And so then they signed him and they had chicken fried from there on. But I mean... They're so good and they can do anything. Yes. Literally anything. Um, yeah. Like, what do I see here from... Uh, 2008 to 2012, I believe, they had 10 straight songs that were either number one or number two. And of those 10, only two of them were number two. So you had eight out of the 10. I mean, they had this crazy good run. And some bands, you know, they had that one hit like Chicken Fried and it's like, that's it. Yeah, exactly. That could have been it for them, but... Mm -hmm. I um I like some of their their slower songs like colder weather is highway so twenty good. ride free yeah mm-hmm. no they're good there's someone I, I need to see live again I I don't remember that you don't remember seeing them I mean they opened for Kenny Chesney yeah I don't know that was long like I don't... I recorded every one of their songs on my digital camera <laughs> point great. exactly why I probably do not remember <laughs> it was so long ago. <laughs> That was probably right when digital cameras came out, right after that. It was the, 2011. It wasn't that long ago. Uh, it was long enough. Yeah. But yeah, I just think, you know, and I don't have statistics on how many ACMs or CMAs they want, but I wish they would start making some new music again. Yeah. Yeah. I think they kind of did their, I don't know, Zach went off and did his thing with these two other guys that kind of did like an electronic dance kind of sound to it. It's but fun. It's, it's, yeah, like you said, it's fun, but it's, it's nothing too weird no no it's it's interesting yeah it's intriguing it's not like they went Gar- like garth brooks went like punk rock emo no on stage. no you just have zach brown without his hat on and it just looks a little yeah. weird that's all no they're they're phenomenal though yeah all right a few other bands to quick run through here um emerson drive oh see i had yep i totally forgot about Do you them. know they're from canada oh really no did not it took a little longer to crack into the scene um, and I just saw like they have a new song hmm. out on Spotify called "The Road." Pretty good. Check that out. Um, but they have iconic hits such as "I Should Be Sleeping," uh, yeah. "Fall Into Me." Fall, oh, I love "Fall Into yes, Me." Yes, which I watched the video very <laughs> early two thousands. Check it out. That that is a special. We should do a, a separate podcast on that. Like just not late nineties, early two thousands music yes. video is oh, like so good. Yeah, everyone took that so serious. Like they put so much effort into yes, it. Yes, yeah. And now you get like someone just records like a concert performance, right. and it's like, come on, as like, cheesy and terrible yeah. as they are, they're fantastic. You have the budget to do it, but yeah, no, they're good. Uh, yeah, a good man. That was another one. Uh, yeah. so they're good. Um, who else you got? Gloriana um, breaks my heart. Yeah, I mean they're I, not even together anymore. I was surprised, at, you know, Wild at Heart was their first song like that got them, but it only went to fifteen. I know, weird, isn't it? And, which makes me wonder, like nowadays, like how many artists can't get to number one? It's like that's mm-hmm. sad. Like it's that, that so was such sad. a good song. Yeah, they won um, the ACM in two thousand ten for top new 
like group. Typing group. Or a breakthrough group of the year. That is one that I'm surprised that they didn't continue on like the lady age trajectory. They could have. Well, so the first They girl, kind of broke up, right? She, the blonde, I'm terrible with names. Um, she left, but then they continued as a trio for a while. And then the other girl decided no. And I just it makes me wonder, are there things behind the scenes creatively? Would you rather be singing this? I mean, I feel like with groups, it's really important that you all have the same goal in mind. You like the same things. Um, and I think that just didn't work for them, which yeah, is I mean, heartbreaking. That's a good point. I just heard on the radio today, they were talking about Lady Antebellum and like, how do they, they're like, we never get in fights. Like, really? They're like, no, we never do. And then someone's like, how? And they're like, we go to therapy. Do they? No joke. So like those three, will, they go to therapy, allegedly, supposedly. I kind of want to look that up. Yeah. But yeah, they go to therapy and talk Good through their them. stuff. And, but yeah. You well, wonder, things don't build up and you don't break up. Right. And you have a long lasting For a group, career. that's super important. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the band Perry. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, over it. Yep. Over it. Very good country sound to him, but they decided to go pop. Makes absolutely no sense. Yeah. It would um, be like if LeBron James decided to go play for the Brewers. Why? Like, why would you do that? We could use a shortstop. Uh, va- valid point. Okay. Okay. But yeah, I um, I didn't realize they really gone pop. and But though, fun fact, it was uh, Garth Brooks' manager who kind of discovered them. Ah. So there's that. Praise the Garth. Yep. Yeah, they had some. I mean, if I die young is a good song. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm just kind of over them right now. Yeah, I've been over them, I guess, for a few years, yeah. not knowing. Yeah, they get some other ones. Eli Young Band. They have some good ones. Um, Dust is one of my faves. Yeah, Midland. Um, I'm not a huge fan of. Um, they're very traditionally sounded, but I think they have a good thing going, and I think they're going to be really solid. For I a think long so time. too. Yeah, uh, again, I enjoy their music. I'm not crazy Midland fan, but right. maybe it'll get there. Um, Lanco, I hope they kind of skyrocket. Lanco's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, I can see them. They have a nice sound to them. And they've like, been working on this for a few years. Like, they're just... Have they? Yeah, so I think their time is up. And, yeah, the only other one I have on my list is Runaway June. Um, we kind of mentioned before Dick Teach Chicks about... You know, like the all female, like band, the three of them are trio. That there aren't too many bands like that, right? Um, and yeah, I mean, Runaway June has um, Lipstick is probably their most well known song. Um, you probably wouldn't recognize it off the title if you're listening, but if you go listen to it, you'd be like, Oh, I've probably heard this yeah. on the radio. Don't um, ruin your mascara or something, yeah. I think that was yeah. One. Well, and they opened for Granger when we saw Granger Smith. And I feel like if they were, when they did covers of songs that I knew, right, they were pretty enjoyable. Yeah, I mean, that, I mean, that's that's <laughs> no, it is. But that's a, I mean, that's the catch twenty two with, you know, as you're coming up, like people don't know your songs, you're not as familiar with them, right? Things like that. But mm-hmm. yeah, I'd be, I, I, I think I'm not going to put them on a Dixie Chicks level, but I think they could, they could break through with some songs in the next few years. But yeah, yeah, I think that's. Those are all the bands I had. That's kind of, you know, the ones that I listened to. I couldn't really think of any others, but I'll probably think of one as I'm falling asleep tonight and be like, oh, shoot. Yeah. We forgot them. I probably left out the Oak Ridge Boys, but yeah. that was B.A. before Aaron. Um, okay. So <laughs> all right. uh, now we're done with the groups. So what new artist or 
new song are you listening to right now that we should all be listening to? Um, well, for a while now, um, I can't say that I have one new this week. There's some good songs that came out, but nothing. But I'm going to resort back to an oldie but a goodie for me, if this makes sense. Uh-oh. Jordan Davis. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. So Jordan Davis, I mean, his album's been out for a little bit now. Home team, home state. Sorry, not Thomas Rhett, home state. Potato, potato. Yeah. Anyways, uh, I think it's like 12 songs on there. His first song was uh, Singles You Up. Great song, great tune, but listen to the whole album because it's fantastic. Um, Slow Dance in a Parking Lot. That's my favorite. That Mine too. So good. Yeah. Um, Leaving New Orleans, Take It From Me. Uh, yeah, I just think he is going to be a star, and I'm going to help him be one because I'm going to just talk, talk, talk about him all day long. Yeah, no, he's, he's got a badass beard on him. It's <laughs> <laughs> so cool. <laughs> Um, but he, he's, he's really good. He's really good. And then, like you said, singles you up, like got him through. But yeah. there's not, I don't think there's a bad song on his album at I all. I agree. I like, agree. All of them you can go listen to and be like, oh, okay, I could listen to this. Yeah. Like, you can listen you could to the hear entire... them all on the radio kind of thing. Right. Yeah. And yeah, there's no skips. Like, no. Absolutely. Those are my favorite albums where like, there's plenty of like some of my favorite artists too, like even like a Thomas Rider, or Dan and Shay, like there's some, some of their albums where it's like, Eh, I'll skip this one, but right. this one for his first album was like, okay, there's no skips. No, no. So I'm really excited to see his career take off. I hope it does. That's good. Um, mine's lesser known. Um, and I'm curious to see what his career looks like in the next year or two. Um, Spencer Crandall, mm. um, young guy, um, he released, recently released two other singles, but he's probably more well-known. He released a, an acoustic mixtape called 5280. Super good. There's a bunch of good songs on there. Um, nothing to lose. I thought we broke up. Um, he does a lot of covers on social media. I think he's, you know, he's toured with Chris Lane or Russell Dickerson, you know, in the last year or so. Um, he's not as far along as like a Jordan Davis, but I would just be curious to see what his career looks yeah. like, um, in the next year or two. And then as a bonus, um, like a new song that came out last week, um, Lori McKenna famously known that she wrote, um, humble and kind. Um, she released a song called the lot behind St. Mary's. And it's honestly not something that, I mean, the best way I can put it is like her songs aren't necessarily something where you like roll the windows down and jam to. You sit in a corner and cry to. I want to say cry, but you're just like sitting there, like <laughs> just staring, like nodding your head, like yeah, you're right. Like I can totally identify with that. Um, that's exactly what this one's like. I'm gonna try to pull up. Um, so the song's called um, "The Lot Behind St. Mary's," and she's just very good at making those. Um, emotional like connections to it. Um, yeah, lyric driven. Yes, um, that's her third single she's released. I think she's releasing an album coming up soon. Um, but people get old is the other one of the other singles too. So check that one out. That one probably will make you cry. It didn't make me, but it came dang close. Oh, so his eyes are welling up as we speak. <laughs> it's good. So yeah, check out Lori McKenna. Um, been around for a while more as a songwriter but 
cool to see her get her due. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And she actually, the, the unique part about her is um, she lives and works and all that in like the Northeast. She doesn't even do like the national really? scene. So she writes from home and there. She's got and, like four kids or something yeah, like that. So it's a little atypical, but yeah, yeah I like works. it. Um, my, my throwback song this week, it was number one in 1998 for two weeks around this time. I Can Still Feel You, Colin Ray. Oh, classic. Colin Ray. Colin Ray. He would be another good one on the 90s reunion tour. Colin Ray. Just great. Yeah. He's got so many, so many hits too. Yeah. But yeah, I Can Still Feel You. 20 years ago at this time, it was number one. You always show me up with like, and this year it was... Reached this number on the chart, and I'm just like, this is a song I like. I don't know how far it got on the charts. <laughs> I'm just curious because, I mean, like nowadays, there's, I mean, we looked at, we talked about this before too, where I think last year, by like a back road was number one for like five months. Yeah. And like, Meant to Me by Florida Georgia Lines been number one for a long time too. And like, there's, I feel like there's so many artists that are like missing out on this number one where I know, I feel bad. 20 years ago. Like, if you have a really good song, I would just wait till Meant to Be is off the yeah. charts and then release it, because goodness. Right. I mean, 20 years ago, you probably had, I mean, 52 weeks a year, You there's a good chance you had at least 30, 40 different number ones. Yeah. And now it's yeah. like 10, if. I know. So that's crazy. why I find it. Hmm. Well, I, I believe, though, this one did not reach number one, but it's just a good, uh, growing up, late 90s, early 2000s, big, big Sarah Evans fan. Um Backseat of a Greyhound bus. Same. Ooh, that is a great song. It's a very good song. And she can sing anything and just sound amazing. Uh, but her Born to Fly album, backed up by, uh, I think it was called Restless. She just, uh, I just hate her husband for cheating on her and <laughs> giving her a little hiatus. Not that she doesn't have good music now, but she was on a roll. And Backseat of a Greyhound bus, it's just, it's a good song. Just a good song. Yeah. No, that's peak 90s. Um, and she's kind of made a little bit of a rebound after a few years. Yeah. Um, I think what's Marquis Sign or... Uh, yeah, it's her newest. Her newest one. Yeah. Pretty solid. But yeah, she's definitely one that was in that time period was yeah. um, dominating. Um, so my trivia, you already stole the one about John Rich. So sorry. It's fine. Um this you might know this one too. This is I only, this is the only other one I have. <clears throat> Catherine Heigl is the sister-in-law of Give which? Give me a challenge. Charles Kelly from Lady Antebellum. All right. Her husband's Josh. Fine, bring it. <laughs> you ready? <laughs> no, I'm scared. <laughs> I'm sorry. But I was a big Grey's Anatomy fan. Uh, so. I should have known. Um, so I have three. Um, so first we'll start with a band that we, we didn't mention, um, maybe not as, as popular. So I'm going to really give you a good hint. They've had four top 20 hits. Um, think back to your days of music and drama. You pretended you were Picasso. Okay. Do you remember this? No. I mean, a little bit. Um, oh, no, I don't. Does Trick Pony? Oh, that's right. It's just what I do when I can't get no love. That's right. Yep. So I just thought we could a little shout out to them. Okay. They had a few. Poor me, right? Poor me, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Also some good music videos from the early 2000s to check okay. those out. Okay. about them. All right. As I mentioned earlier, in 2010, Gloriana won the ACM for New Vocal Group of the Year. Which mega star today... Taylor Swift. ...won New Vocalist of the Year in 2010 for the ACMs? Oh, 2010. It's a man. Mega star. Mega star. 2010, someone was starting out. 2010. Uh, I'm going to get three guesses. I want to say Luke... There you go. That's, yeah, yeah. I had a feeling. Is that, it's 2010. Eight years. I'd be curious. So T- I feel like Taylor Swift won it a year or two before then, right? You're talking like, the, it's called the Horizon Award, right? Uh, well, there was like, uh, there was a new group, new breakthrough. Um, I think Taylor actually was up for like Entertainer of the Year that year, which Carrie won. The good old days. Right. Um, all right. And the last one here. I thought I'd make it a little personal for you. Do you know what country song? What is this? Was number one. The yeah, week you were born. Achy breaky heart. No. Wait, the day I was wait, the day I was born? Well, the week, I guess. So they do it by weeks. So early March ninety two. I have three options for you if you like me to give you multiple choice. I really want to fact check this because I'm like 99% or no. Achy Breaky Heart was the number one song in the entire year. Okay. Okay. Give me the multiple choices. All right. 92 for folks wondering. Yes. Okay. So all these that I mentioned were number ones at some point during the year. Okay. So we have Alabama, I'm in a hurry. We have Garth Brooks, What She's Doing Now. And we have Brooks and Dunn, Boots, Scoot, and Boogie. Mm. See, I've I've been trying to keep a database of these number ones. Yeah. So I've seen all these. Oh, boy. But I don't remember. I'm going to go uh, Alabama. I'm in a hurry. Mm, no. Dang, Garth. It's Garth. Garth, that's awesome. For a couple of weeks, it was early February to early March. Wow. So. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. I mean, the Garth go way back. Yeah. There were some good songs in 92, let me tell you. Right. And that's that's what I'm saying. Like, there were so many, like, you had, like, it's the same way now. Like, there are so many good songs right. now. But back then, like, they at least had a chance of getting yeah, number one. Yeah, yeah. A couple of weeks at number one and let someone else have a turn. Right. I mean, I mean, even look back and, I mean, Garth was releasing three or four singles. Like, Brooks and Dunn, the, like, all those people were releasing three or four singles a year and... Like going to number one, you just don't see that Alan anymore. Jackson and yeah, Alan George. Jackson dominated. Yeah, yeah, they were good. But that's all I got. Trivia. That's my my three all trivia. Right. So yeah, I'm well done. I'm good job with the Luke one. I was impressed with that. All right, good. Well, that's kind of all we have for this episode. Um, stay in touch with us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, all those things. Um, head to the website raisedonit.blog. That's just it, not racehot.com. Um, go there, you know, stay up to date on. We're always sharing new artists, new music, um, our throwback songs, and just other pieces that um, we feel are important, um, come from the heart, and all those good things. So, hope you enjoy, and we'll be back with a future episode soon. Thanks.